another outside the box, ready to say a firm no. Today's topic is defund and to reform the police or to defund and perhaps abolish police departments, reallocating funds to other community safety programs. That is the question. Abolish? Really? If we do that, who will protect us? But maybe that's the right question, because the police seem to be more of a threat than a source of security. Reform is not an option, say critics of the police. They're trained to use force, not persuasion. They appear above the law, not maintainers of it. Police are racist, and they act out their racism, sometimes with deadly consequences. They've often been protectors of property, not people, and done the bidding of the rich and powerful, not the less powerful. Historically, a police force was formed to catch runaway slaves in the South, to keep girls in textile mills at their looms, and to break strikes against wealthy business owners. Cops stood by while blacks were lynched, helped to maintain illegal and immoral segregation laws, and used hoses and dogs against nonviolent civil rights demonstrators. They acted against minors, farm workers, and factory workers, and today they apprehend and deport immigrants who are fleeing violence in their home countries. For many of us, they're scary, and we hesitate to call them, even in an emergency. What do police do in a 40-hour work week? In several large cities, an average of only about 4% of their time is devoted to any kind of violent crime. Homicide, assault, rape or domestic violence, and robbery. That works out to about one and a half hours per week. The rest is dealing with motor vehicle violations, cruising neighborhoods, doing paperwork, handling complaints that may involve alcohol or drug use or a mental health crisis, and responding to fairly mundane activities that are generally non-criminal in nature. Two incidents in my hometown of Bangor last fall with people I know made me question the value of police. One was a situation where a police officer was questioning a man, perhaps without a home, who was harmlessly hanging out in a local park. Another person, from a distance, yelled to the cop to leave the person alone. The officer arrested the yeller. It was another example of an unnecessary arrest. The cop could have simply ignored the person yelling, or even better, they could have listened and left the person being questioned alone. In a second incident, a person with a history of mental illness threw a brick through a plate glass window. The person walked slowly away from the window and was soon arrested by police, booked, and spent several days in jail before being bailed out. A mental health counselor would have been more useful in getting help for the brick thrower. Would a person trained as a social worker or as an education specialist or teacher or in conflict resolution and management or as a crime investigator 
or even someone experienced in processing paperwork related to criminal incidents be better than a police officer for many of the duties cops are expected to carry out? I think so. If you had a leaky pipe, you would call an experienced plumber, not a carpenter, even if the carpenter had done a little plumbing on the side. Sure, bias training for police would help. So would changes in use of force policies, eliminating immunity from lawsuits, and de-escalation training. But as it stands now, we expect people who are trained primarily to respond militarily to violent crimes to be generalists and deal with a variety of situations which would be better handled by specialists who are not police. We spend billions of dollars to employ police as generalists to do jobs that they're usually not adequately trained for. Some of those billions could pay for counselors and mental health professionals to respond to crisis situations. Billions more could be spent on good jobs, affordable housing and health care, and accessible education programs that are currently inadequately funded because of the quote-unquote necessity to fund so-called law enforcement. Such programs would reduce the alienation that is the cause of many of the so-called crimes that we deal with today. One example is the contrast between the mayor's budget versus the people's budget in Los Angeles. 70% of the mayor's budget is earmarked for police and fire, with almost 54%, over half, for police. The remaining 30% would go to libraries, parks and recreation, the city attorney, public works, and other programs. Contrast that with the grassroots people's budget, which sets aside under 6% for law enforcement and policing, 24% for community safety, 26% for what's called built environment, like parks, and 44% for universal aid and crisis management, including the fire department, mental health, and substance use disorder. Domestic violence and sexual assault incidents are grossly underreported, in part because some police are not reputed to be supportive of victims, and sometimes because police themselves are guilty of similar crimes. Advocates for sexual assault and domestic violence survivors could be taking on this responsibility, which could encourage more investigations and more criminal prosecutions. As awareness of racism and the impact of the police on people of color communities expands, it becomes increasingly clear that the police are not trusted by those communities. In solidarity with those people of color communities, anti-racist whites can support the elimination of police. We can defund the police, but use the department's funding to create a new Department of Community Safety made up of specialists trained to address different problems, auto violations, substance abuse, loud music, and domestic violence, for example, rather than generalist police, perhaps maintaining a violent incidents unit for those rare instances where force may be needed. 
Police are supposed to enforce laws, even if they break them themselves sometimes. But our real goal ought to be community safety and security, which is a different goal, using a different set of people to do that work. As author Mariam Kaba described it, the goal is not to abolish the police, but to make them obsolete by focusing on cooperation and mutual aid rather than militarized enforcers. Strange and risky as it may sound, there may be real benefits in defunding the police and hiring a mostly new set of employees to handle community security. What do you think? I'm Larry Danzinger, ready for a new understanding of how to live in a safe community.